together. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. And uh, let's remember Tom Manasco. I found out last night that he is in the hospital. And I'll be trying to go by and see him. See him today. Lord, we come to you today. We thank you. We thank you for this great salvation. We thank you for another opportunity to hear your word and to worship you. We ask you, Lord, to touch Brother Tom and his family, Sister Betty, Mike, and we trust you, Lord. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Awesome. I mean, you never know when you're going to have a stroke, so we're just hoping that it wasn't right now. Let me read just a few verses, and I'll let you be seated. First Kings 21 and 1. First Kings 21 and 1. The light had a vineyard, which was in Jezreel, hard by the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. And Ahab spake unto Naboth, saying, Give me thy vineyard, that I may have it for a garden of herbs, because it is near unto my house. And I will give thee for it a better vineyard than it, or if it seem good to thee, I will give thee the worth of it in money. And Naboth said to Ahab, The Lord forbid it me that I should give the inheritance of my fathers unto thee. And Ahab came into his house heavy and displeased, because of the word which Naboth, the just real light, had spoken to him, for he had said, I will not give thee, inherit thee the inheritance of my fathers. And he laid him down upon his bed and turned away his face and would eat no bread. But Jezebel, his wife, came to him and said unto him, Why is thy spirit so sad that thou eatest no bread? And he said unto her, Because I spake unto Naboth the Jezreelite, and said unto him, Give me thy vineyard for money, or else, if it please thee, I will give thee another vineyard for it. And he answered, I will not give thee my vineyard. And Jezebel said unto him, Dost thou now govern the kingdom of Israel? Arise and eat bread, and let thine heart be merry. I will give thee the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite. God bless you. You may be seated. You may have noticed this ginormous Band-Aid on my face. Um, I would have used a smaller one, but the uh, medical professional in our family is out of town. And I'm sure that Sister Grant has some somewhere. They're only about that big, little flowers or puppies. and But all I could find was this thing that makes me look like I've been in a car accident. Edgefield, see the family, drove my way back to Jackson. Because they're both elderly and don't feel good about traveling. That was, that was a nice thing to do. I have uh, been jealous of Sister Grant for quite a while because her parents are still alive. If your parents are still alive, you're very, 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 very blessed. 
I used to love to call my dad and talk to him about a problem that I had. I hardly ever did what he said to do. But I always felt better knowing what he thought. But he did have a way of calming me down. I called him one time because I was freaking out because we had termites coming in our bathroom vent and falling into the bathroom. And I'm not afraid of a lot of things. Wasps. Big black and red ones. They, they, they. I'm a little frightened of them. Uh, clowns. I'm a little bit afraid of clowns. I don't trust them. Okay, moving on from that. I don't like termites, and I call my dad. Right dad, they're fought, they're in our house. They're coming out of the vents. They're nasty. We're gonna look. What? He said, son. Calm down. Number one, they're not nasty. They're just insects. They're falling out the vent of your house because that's the only way they get into the bathroom. They sense that there's water. They're looking for water. They're just thirsty little bugs. And you know what? I just calmed down. You know what I did? Got a big old piece of cardboard and taped it over the vent so they couldn't get in. And then called the pest control people. And they fixed them where they don't come in anymore. But I, I miss I miss my mom and dad every day. So that's not that's not a bad thing. It's just that I love them very much. I would like to I would like to she's gonna be home Tuesday by the way, which I'll have to rush to the house tomorrow and try to clean some of that <laughs> destruction up. But I would like to thank the church family. I'm sure I'll do it later. But I was so impressed with everybody last Sunday, Brother Blackie's funeral, with our church family that cooked and served everybody. And and God and God bless you. And God bless you. We will sorely miss Brother Blackie. But he truly, he truly is in a better place. And uh I don't see Austin here this morning. Maybe he won't be here. Maybe he will. But I owe him some thanks for Wednesday night. How many of you were here Wednesday night? He had about maybe three hours notice because I knew Brother Bowie was working. I knew Brother Myers was working. And I actually called Austin at work. And I had intended to teach Wednesday night, and but I had a doctor's appointment, thus this, I had something come up on my face. Now, you know, I've never thought I was very pretty to start with, but I, you know, I don't want to look like the troll under the bridge. But, I mean, something come up on my face. Oh, dear God, what's that? Is that a lesion? Is that a wart, a long wart? Is a, what is what, That's never been there. Called dermatologist, got in in two weeks. Got there and they asked for the good doctor and they said, "Well, he passed away." And I thought, "Well, this is not going well at all." And but he'd been dead for quite a while. Had a new doctor, a little doctor, and he looked like he was probably sixteen years old, very young looking. So he looked at the situation and I said, "What is that?" And he was struggling to put to say it the nicest way. He says, well, it has to do with, and he's looking, it has to do with the aging process. 
I said, are you trying to tell me I'm getting old and this could happen again? He, yeah, Yes, sir. It's not anything you did. It's just things erupt out of your body. And so he says, it's not cancer. You know, relax. It's not cancer. He says, however, I see several things on your face that are precancer cells. Uh, you know. And then he gives me his speech about using sunscreen. And I, and I do use sunscreen if, if it's, you know, be long. You know, I don't like to burn more than about it. So he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spray some stuff on your face. And the experiences that I've had was little localized, like a little jet. They burn warts off and stuff. I got dull kind of stuff come up. And so, but this was like a mist. And he said, I'm going to spray this, and everywhere it touches you that there's precancerous cells, it's going to sting a little. Okay, a little. You can take a little. And he says, then it's going to start bubbling. Oh, great. And he said, it'll bubble. And then in a few days, it'll flake off. Some of them have flaked off still, or some are in the process of flaking. You don't want to see this one. And so, well, I've got it covered up. But what he forgot to tell me was this. When I put this stuff on your face and it heats those precancerous cells and it starts bubbling, your face is going to feel like it's on fire. And it was still on fire when I called Austin and said, dude, can you teach tonight? I could, nobody needs to see this. And I can't. So, thus the Band-Aid. And so now you know uh, what's going on. So, use sunscreen. But if you get old, stuff's going to pop up anyway. <laughs> so just do the, best that you, do the best that you can. We live in such a crazy world. We live in such a crazy world. I read on Breitbart today, or last week I read on Breitbart, that they are claiming that there are 100, 100, now I can't even think of the word, genders. A hundred. I don't believe that. There's only two. Now, you may be one or the other or both or two and a half, or you may experience some out-of-body. You may have a combination, but there's not a hundred. And today, there's a musician, British, of course, or I think he is. He wants to be referred to as they or them because he says, sometimes I feel like a man, sometimes I feel like a woman. Not really sure which. It could change at any moment. And there may be more than one of us in here. So just call me they. They make me tired. This makes me tired. And I don't know who to call. I guess we're going, you can't even say, hey, you anymore. You could be, hey, they, or hey, them. So anyway, I'm showing, showing my age. But I'm still pretty sure there's not a hundred genders. And if there are, if I had to name them or be dead, I'd, I'd just be a goner. So, bless all, bless all those little people. <laughs> Today, we're talking about Ahab and Naboth. Naboth had a little vineyard, and it happened to be close to Ahab's palace. Everybody say palace. He was the king. He had everything. He even had 
something that a lot of foolish men wish they had secretly in their heart because they're tired of their wives because their wives, they're pretty, they're sweet, they cook for them, they pet on them, they give them the right size Band-Aids, they goochie-goochie-goo when they're sick, they take care of them. They're wonderful, but secretly, I wish I had a Jezebel. <laughs> well, he had a Jezebel, the real Jezebel. He was the king. He lives in a palace. He had a lot of money. He had everything. But you know what he didn't have? He didn't have humility. He didn't have thankfulness. One of the greatest sins that I see in this day is we're, we're just not thankful And I believe it's a sin, and it's an illness. It's a disease. Why couldn't Naboth have said, Lord, thank you for all these blessings. Oh, thank you. Look at all. Thank you, my beautiful wife, Jezebel. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Do you know anybody named Jezebel? Do you know anybody? I don't know. You do? Okay. I'm not going to ask who it is. I'm sure they're a sweetheart. There aren't a lot of people named Jezebel. But there's not a lot of people named Hillary, and if there was, there won't be. I don't know if I already said this. Austin told me something the other day when I was waxing eloquent about dad jokes, and Sister Grant told me this. She said, honey, I need to tell you something, and I love you, but I need to tell you something. What's that? She said, you're not funny. And those jokes you tell are not funny. Stop telling those jokes. I said, can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. Just because you don't think I'm funny doesn't mean other old dudes in the church don't think it's funny. And what I'd said was, if you're attacked by a gang of clowns, go for the juggler. He said, that's not funny. I said, that, that's pretty funny. So Austin told me, he said that, the new protocol for guarding the president, it used to be if there was an imminent threat that the, the Secret Service would say, get down. Now they just say Donald Duck. So, they just say Donald Oh, come on, you know that's funny. You know that's funny. Speaking of Donald, President Trump, I'm not going to get very political today, so just relax. But just, just kind of in a funny way. I think Donald Trump, in his heart, is grateful to God. I think, I think he's grateful. But he's not a humble man. Children, I think when he is not a humble man. He refuses to apologize for about anything. And that's probably, he thinks his... So I don't even want to talk about that. What I want to talk about is this. Somebody got me this for Father's Day. It's a Donald Trump mug. And I say somebody did. I'm pretty sure Rochelle did because she thinks she's funny too. And here's what it says. You are a great, great dad. Very special. Very handsome. Really terrific. Everyone agrees. <laughs> well, I'm sure not over a couple agree with that, but. You don't see him as really, really, really being being very humble. Of course, you know, hey, he's a gazillionaire. 
I got tickled. I got tickled about some of the news this last last week about him. Oh, he's renting his hotels out to make money. Really? Is that what he's doing? This man works. Did you know that he works for a dollar a quarter? We get him. I think, if I'm not mistaken, we get him for four dollars a year because he gives all of his money back. Don't think he's doing it for money. I think he has so much money. It's one of the reasons he can't be bribed because he's got more money than Scrooge McDuck. He's got beautiful children. He's got a beautiful wife. He's had several, in fact. They were all pretty good looking. He's got plenty of house. He's got he has got everything. I'd just like to see him a little more humble. I'd like to hear him say one time here say, I'm sorry. No, really, I'm sorry, because you're really a wonderful, beautiful person. Miss Pelosi, and I didn't mean to you're just one no great. No, everybody says, Oh, would you like to hear one apology? If he didn't mean it. But for our personal lives, here's what here's where we find Ahab. He's the king. When Mama Jezebel comes in, <laughs> I mean, really, they, when she says we won't eat bread, means we won't eat anything. She made she made some bread and probably some homemade chicken soup. He's just going to eat. Go get in the bed and pout. Pouting is a sin. If it's not, it ought to be a sin. But I say pout. Have you pouted lately? Quit pouting. It's either quiet in here or I'm pre-stroke again. Somebody say, don't pout. My dad was a was a flamboyant Irishman. He'd say, son, smile and the world smiles with you. Cry? And you cry alone. <laughs> and maybe that's not always true, but but it is indicative of of an attitude, and he tells his wife, I'm sad because Naboth won't sell me his vineyard. How many vineyards do you think there were in that area or in that countryside or in Israel? How many? Thousands? Go get you another one. He got so focused in on what he couldn't have until he was not thankful for what he did have. But Jesse had the answer. He had the answer. Don't you worry, sweetie pie. I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to get it for you. Somebody asked Eric Clapton one time. They asked him, they said, how does it feel to be the greatest guitar player in the world, what would you have said if you were Clapton? I said, well, I don't know because I don't know who Eric Clapton was. How many know who Eric Clapton was? Thank you. There's a few of us old dudes. Eric Clapton was the man. But when they asked him this, they said, how does it feel to be the greatest guitar player in the world? And he smiled real big and said, I don't know. You'll have to ask Prince. What humility. You'll have to ask Prince. Who was Some kind of guitar player himself. But instead, verse 12 says that Jezebel, they proclaimed a fast. 
brought Naboth in high among the people, and then they got two guys. Verse 13, there came in two men, children of Belial. It doesn't mean Belial was their physical father. It means they were children of the devil. And they came in and witnessed against him, false witness, lied about him. Then they carried him forth out of the city and stoned him with stones that he died. And they sent to Jezebel, saying, Naboth is stoned and is dead. And it came to pass when Jezebel heard that Naboth was stoned and dead, she told Ahab, Arise, take possession of the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite, which he refused to give thee for money. For he's not alive, but he's dead. 16. came to pass when Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, that he rose up and went to the vineyard. Oh, look, oh, I am so happy because I got my way. I'm too happy because you got my way. I'm sorry I'm so scattered today and so here and there. I'll try to be better. Second hour. I didn't know Brother Myers wasn't working there. You'd be second hour. <laughs> you got lucky. <laughs> I went somewhere with Corey Friday. <laughs> we had a flat tire on the trailer, Corey Arnold. And so I pulled in his little tire shop, and I could see this elderly gentleman. At least he's older than me. With solid white hair, and he is, he is, a, he is excited. And he's like, well, there's a lady in the car with him. I thought we were just fighting about, I don't know, breakfast or he is red in the face. I <laughs> found out later, you know who was yelling at? He was yelling at me. I was blocking the driveway. Now, he didn't want to go through there, but he owned the place, and he is screaming, and he was saying very, very unkind things. Loudly. With that poor lady in the car. And another man standing there, and Corey's coming out there, and he's screaming, Move that triumph! Move that triumph! Listen, little bluegrass. I want to be in that number. There's no man number on again. Well, after we leave, Corey says, "Well, he was cussing you for everything." He said, "I said me." The I guess one of one of the most frustrating things is is when you're taking your frustration out on somebody and they don't even hear you. Cause I said, I smile. I said, hey, hey, how y'all? How's your mama now? Just listen to the radio. He's about to have a heart attack. Cuss me out. That got so funny to me. I wanted to go by and see him again. <laughs> you imagine you're wasting all of this energy on somebody who doesn't get it. You've done that before. I have found myself riding down the road yelling at the radio because of somebody who don't talk radio. Telling them why yet? Well, they can't hear you. It came to pass when Ahab heard that Naboth was dead. He went down to the vineyard. Verse 17, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Verse 18, arise and go down to meet Ahab, king of Israel. And when, and when Elijah gets there, 
Here's what the king says. Hast thou found me, O mine enemy? And he answered, I found thee because thou sold thyself to work evil in the sight of the Lord. They murdered this poor man because he wouldn't sell his property. How can you have so much? How can you have so much in your life and become so angry because Aunt Myrtle won't come to the family reunion? Just, just, I don't see Kristen here. I don't know where she went. She was in here a while ago. But John told me something this week about about Maddie, I have laughed about that. They're trying. They're having a little Sunday school lesson, little, little devotional at their house, trying to teach their kids about life and different things. And says, and says that <laughs> reads the scripture about offenses are are going to come. And Maddie just smiles. He said, "We'll just jump over them." He says, "Sweetie, not fences, offenses." But I told him, I said, that's still good advice. Somebody offends you, just jump over. Keep going. Build a bridge over it. Keep going. How many of you have ever done this? And I know that I can see I can see it for I ask the question. I know you is guilty. You're falling along behind somebody. A little bluegrass. You're just humming, thinking about oh, this. And somebody stops right in front of you, and you almost hit them, and then they turn right, and they didn't use a blinker. Let me tell you what you do. Here's what you do. You don't build a bridge. You just keep going. Here's you go. You have to stop, too, because you're upset. And here's what we do. And you might not cuss, but you're huffing, and you're puffing, and you're thinking stuffing. Stuff or stuffing. And here's what we do. We look at them. And we go, what have you ever seen anything like? And then we look at all the cars around to make sure everybody knows that we're upset. Instead of just keep going. Just jump over it. Keep going. But we all do that. Of course, I'm the one that's two or three cars back thinking, dude, get over it. Go. You're holding the rest of us up. Did it, did it occur to you? Sister Grant's out of town. I know. I'm, I know that I'm out of control, but <coughs> she's not here. Did, did any of you have these thoughts about going to the Fred Hartman Bridge and cutting a rope? <laughs> we wouldn't do it because we're Jesus is our daddy. But if you were stuck in that traffic, I'm sure that you thought about it. Well, just cut the rope and let you fall in the in the creek. How silly can how silly how silly have we become as a nation? I'm protesting at the busiest time of the day. A lot of them are out of state people, and, and I guess they're trust fund babies because they don't have a job evidently because they are somebody paid them to do it. And we're just gonna swing from bread on bridge. We're gonna protest petroleum. It's destroying the world. We're goners in 10 years. We don't stop using gasoline. And, and somebody read this to me, but almost everything that they used was based in petroleum products, from the rope to the mass to the little plastic 
food containers, everything they had was petroleum-based. We are a nation of crazy people. Hast thou found me, O mine enemy? First Kings, First Kings twenty-two and and verse two. It came to pass, and I'm going to skip through this. It came to pass in the third year that Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, came down to the king of Israel, and they start talking about. Ramoth and Gilead, and we're going to go to war. And he said, verse 4, he said to Jehoshaphat, Wilt thou go to battle with me to battle to Ramoth Gilead? And Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, I am as thou art, my people as thy people, my horses as thy horses, my wife as your wife. Oh, wait a minute, your wife's an insane lunatic murderer, and mine's not. That's not in the Bible. I was just paraphrasing. If you hate Trump, think about this. It could have been Hillary. <laughs> it could have been Hillary. Bill would have been the first lady in the White House. So, And Jehoshaphat said unto the king of Israel, Inquire, I pray thee, at the word of the Lord today. Let's find out what the will of God is. Let's find out. Hey, hop, hey, there's some advice right there. If you can't jump over it with Maddie, why don't you pray about it? Make me too mad. Make me too mad. I'm just going to hit it with a songbook. Why don't you pray about that? I think maybe they might not be the only one with a problem. One of my favorite books in my library, it's uh, called Well-Intentioned Dragons. And it says in that that if a friend or somebody tells you and calls you a donkey, well, don't, don't. But if two associates that know you well call you a donkey, you, you, you need to start. But if three people call you a donkey, get fitted for a saddle because you are a donkey. On the second time, it said look for hoof prints. But three people, oh, you are a brand donkey. And Jehoshaphat, verse 7, said, Is there not a prophet of the Lord besides that we might inquire of him? <laughs> and the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, There is yet one man, Micaiah, the son of Imla, by whom we may inquire the Lord, but I hate him. <laughs> I hate him, for he doth not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. And Jehoshaphat said, let the king say so. King of Israel called an officer. He says, go get Micaiah. Here comes Micaiah. <laughs> Here comes Micaiah. And verse 11 says this, and Zedekiah, the son of Chena, made him horns of iron. And he said, thus saith the Lord, with these shalt thou push the Syrians until thou have consumed them. And all the prophets prophesying, oh, yeah, yes, sir, go get them. Go up to Ramoth Gilead and prosper, for the Lord shall deliver it into the king's hand. But the messenger that went to get Micaiah, when he found him, he says this. Now listen here, Bubba. The king hates you already. This is verse 13. 
Behold now the words of the prophets declare good things unto the king with one mouth. Let thy word, I pray thee, be like the word of one of them, and speak that which is good. <laughs> and Micaiah says, As the Lord liveth, what the Lord saith unto me, that will I speak. So he came to the king, and the king said unto him, Micaiah, shall we go against Ramoth-Gilead to battle, or shall we forbear? And he answered and said, Go and prosper, for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. <laughs> and the king says, How many times shall I adjure thee that thou tell me nothing but that which is true in the name of the Lord? This poor man can't win. They threatened him to agree with the other prophets, and he did. But the king, the king says, I know you ain't telling me the truth. And then the prophet says, verse 17, I saw all Israel's, Israel scattered upon the hills as sheep that have not a shepherd. And the Lord said, these have no master. Let them return every man to his house in peace. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, Did I not tell thee that he would prophesy no good concerning me but evil? <laughs> you can't make him happy. My sister Grant's not here, and I trust that you won't tell her this because she's a sweet sweetheart. She doesn't need you don't need to tell her these kind of things. But her family are lunatic. Some of them. No, some of them. But all of them are lunatic in what? They are scared to death of bad weather. You can say tub. They, they don't even hear tomato because they think you're saying tornado. And they are already running. <laughs> one of them was on the phone. There was tornado warning. And one of the plants, their siren went off. It always went off at noon. And she's on the phone with another one and went to screaming, here it is now, and threw the phone down, ran out into the street. Well, that's going to help. But some of them are so negative. If I had told one of them just a few years ago, well, something's come up on my face, instantly it would have been cancer, and it had been stage four. And, oh, you, you got a couple of weeks to live because I, and they always, oh, I know somebody that had that, mm, they died. Nobody ever gets a cold. It's always the flu, double walking pneumonia, and it's over, Chief. Your, your days are numbered. I've, I've been at family gatherings, and there are a lot of good cooks in the family, and ha I have seen this. Oh, these mashed potatoes are so good. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, uh, these mashed potatoes, these mashed potatoes are so good. It's fried chicken. It's just, oh, I mean, the peas. And, you know, and I chime in, oh, the cranberry salt is just a bell of oh. I love cranberry salt. I don't care if it's the little berries or the jelly. <laughs> what was that pie you bought me, Brother Myers? What kind of pie was that? Y'all ordered me one. Ordered me another one. <laughs> it was. But you'll, you'll remember. It was very good. Oh, oh, it was very good. And then you can say, oh, this apple pie. And when you get through listing everything that's good, here's what she's going to say. Here's what the aunt's going to say. Oh, you didn't like the cornbread, did you? Oh, you didn't say anything about that. You didn't say anything about the, the mashed potatoes. Oh, you know, it's just 
they could find something negative in a pile of gold. They are the they are the members of the church that if somebody wanted to give us ten million dollars and we had to have a vote and it had to be a hundred percent, two or three would vote no. They don't even know why. <laughs> but this poor king couldn't make up his mind. <laughs> now, verse nineteen. The prophet said, Hear thou the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and all the hosts of heaven standing by him on his right hand and on his left. And the Lord said, Who shall persuade Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? And one said on this manner and one said on that manner. And there came forth a spirit and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. And the Lord said unto him, Wherewith? And he said, I will go forth, and I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all of his prophets. And he said, Thou shalt persuade him and prevail also. Go forth and do so. I don't know if you've ever heard of a Hebrew book that is called the Haggadah. It's not the bestseller list. It's not a pretty old book. But it is a it is a book. Um uh, centuries old, of course, but it has different writings in it. It has different different things that they consider not to be in Scripture, but they consider to be true from a historical standpoint. And so I have actually read quite a bit of the Haggadah. And uh, here's what the Haggadah says about this verse, and it's a commentary a lot of times on the Old Testament. Here's what it says about this verse right here, that there came forth a spirit. The Haggadah says that this spirit was the spirit of Naboth. That the king's wife had murdered. And so according to the Haggadah, this spirit is the one that convinced all the other prophets, oh, yeah, everything's going to be hunky-dory. Just go to battle. You're going to do good. It's going to be great. Verse 25, Micaiah said, Behold, thou shalt see in that day when thou shalt go into an inner chamber to hide thyself. And the king of Israel said, Take Micaiah, carry him back unto Ammon, the, the governor of the city. Joash, the king's sons, thus say the king, Put this fellow in prison. Feed him with bread of affliction and with water of affliction until I come in peace. And Micaiah said, if you return in peace at all, the Lord hath not spoken by me. And he said, hearken, O people, on every one of you. And so the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went up to Ramoth Gilead. But the king, <laughs> this, this king is really, I mean, he really is neurotic. He has to have one vineyard. No other vineyard will do. No other vineyard will do. Have you ever gone to a car lot wanting to buy a car? Oh, I hate buying cars. If you're here today and you're a car salesman, God bless you. I'm sure you're you're wonderful people. But I've never bought a car that I didn't feel like I wasn't being lied to or misled or taken advantage of. And you say, oh, well, do with me what you will. That's why you just surrender because you're beat down. Or you just walk off. 
I can tell you this, don't take your wife with you when you go to buy one. Unless she makes more money than you, then do what she wants to do. I mean, fair is fair. But I took Sister Grant to buy her very first car. It was a 1974 Chevelle Malibu Classic, lime green. Had six miles on it. It had air conditioning. Six miles right off the showroom floor. And what did I take her for? First step, oh, honey, this is just what I want. I could see that salesman's eyes going, ching, ching, clink, clank, get the money to the bank. And she was so happy. And I'm telling you, 1974 Chevelle Malibu Classic loaded out, and I had to give $3,450 for that stinking thing. You couldn't buy it now for thirty four thousand, But it was a lot of money back then. I was making $3.65 an hour driving for United Parcel Service, and it was a good job. But he knew we were hooked. We've been on a couple more places. We went to one car lot, and the guy says, yeah, let me give, give me your keys. I said, well, where's my keys? My car. Well, we just go. He took my keys and threw them up on top of the roof. He said, you're going to have to buy something now. You ain't going to be able to leave. Well, okay, I wasn't a pastor then, okay? Okay, let's, let's get that. I wasn't even a preacher. I was a truck driver. <laughs> I just started like, <laughs> my wife is almost, she's almost crying because she knew. My gentle spirit at that time. <laughs> I started laughing. I said, you better give me my keys. No, you I said, son, let me tell you something. I'm going to count to 10, and if you're not actively trying to get my keys off that roof, I'm going to knock you through that plain glass, plate glass window right there. And Chris is saying, he's not playing. Now, luckily, he got the keys. I didn't have to do it. And just try to erase that out of your memory. But this this king, I don't know, listen to him because he'll lie. Then when he, he tells you what you want to hear, I know you lied. It, then you hear the truth, then you put him in prison. I'll take care of you and get back. And the prophet says, you ain't coming back. He must have believed him because here's what he said in verse 30. I'm going to disguise myself and enter into battle. But you put on my robes. Just think about that. Why did the guy say, I don't wear your nasty clothes? And the king of Israel disguised himself and went into battle. Now, I'm skipping, I'm skipping on down because we're coming up on a break here. I'm going to continue the second hour. And it came to pass, verse 32, when the captains of the chariots saw Jehoshaphat, that they said, Surely it is the king of Israel, because he's dressed like him. And they turned aside to fight against him, and Jehoshaphat cried out. And it came to pass when the captains of the chariots perceived it was not the king of Israel, <clears throat> that they turned back from pursuing him. And a certain man, a certain man, drew a bow at a venture. 
which means he wasn't really aiming at anybody. He was just saying, all right, let's see where this will go. He drew a bow to venture and smote the king of Israel between the joints of the harness. Wherefore he said unto the driver of his chariot, Turn thine hand and carry me out of the host, for I am wounded. What got him to this place? He, he refused, and that's what I'm talking about today and later. Sometimes the blessings of God, we take the blessings of God and turn them into something bad because of our natures. I've read over the last couple of months stories of people who won the lottery. Millions of dollars. And what you think is, oh, man, that'd be so cool. Yeah, I just, eh. they quit their jobs. They've got all this money. And the end of the story, some of them in less than two years, they're hooked on drugs, they're alcoholics, they're divorced, they're in prison. Because instead of being grateful, They go insane. And, and, and if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we can take the blessings of God and the good things of God and almost make an idol out of them and start worshiping them. I've seen people, I've seen people who were so proud of how handsome they were or how beautiful they were almost start worshiping themselves. Let me tell you something. We've got a church full of beautiful people, and I thank God for that because the ones that are not beautiful, we enjoy looking at you. It makes it easier. It makes it more pleasant. And I, I'm grateful. I have been to churches where everybody in the church was ugly. And I, and I say that kindly. But it was startling. But you didn't have anything to do with that. You don't say, look at me, I'm so, I'm so pretty. You didn't have anything to do with that. It's genetic. It's, it's a, you were born that way. It was your parents. Well, your parents, I, I don't know, conception. I don't know. We don't want to go down that road. Maybe everybody was in a good mood. Somebody had some really nice money. I love rhubarb. Y'all bought me a rhubarb pie and ordered it from somewhere. You can do that again if you want to. So. If Sister Grant was here, she'd, she'd be walling those eyes and saying to herself, you have no shame. No, but I'll probably get rhubarb pie. Maybe some mustard potato salad. I don't know what caused it, but you didn't have anything to do with it. And I can, me and my face will tell you that if you live long enough, you ain't going to be as pretty as you are right now. And you're not going to be as handsome as you are right now. Ken, when he was a young fellow, he had a, he had a keychain. Let's, let's stand together because it's time to stop. Stand together. That'll encourage me. We need to take a break. He had a keychain that said, I was put here for your viewing pleasure. Now, that's back when he thought he was made of steel because he'd tell me hair won't grow on steel. Won't grow on steel. But I don't think he feels that way now. I think now when he gets up, things are like Rice Krispies. Snap.
crackle and pop every morning. And so there's an aging process. Well, we need to be grateful. We need to be grateful. I, I'll be honest with you. I am grateful and thankful. I'm 68 years old, and I'm so I'm so thankful to the Lord. I had a I had a rough youth. <laughs> I had a, I don't know why I did the things that I did. But my brother-in-law was an insurance salesman, and he took out an insurance policy on me and made himself the beneficiary. I said, why would you do that? He said, ain't nobody think he's going to live to be 21. Somebody need to get something out of it. And you know who it was, David. And here we are. And I'm so and I'm so grateful for the Lord's blessing. You know, if I got volcanoes erupting on my face every now and then, it's just it's just part of the it's part of the thing. Part of the package. God bless you. Take a break. I'm already about three minutes into your time. We'll get cranked up and again. Sister Grant will be home Tuesday. Everything will be better again. God bless you. Shake hands and be friendly for a little while.